0: Welcome to Many Talks podcast, talking all business, entrepreneurship, property development, finance, and investment. Hi, Rhys, many here, um, your host today of Many Talks. I've got a fantastic guest. Um, just come back. Well, I've actually come to meet him at the venue where he's launching, where well, he's doing a three-day course. Um, Simon Zucci, property investor entrepreneur and also an author. We're gonna learn a lot about property investing today, property coaching. Gonna learn about his book as well. It's gonna be a fantastic interview. Simon, thanks for Rhys, um, thank you very much for asking me. Yeah thanks for giving us the time today as well. We know that you've got a busy schedule. We've yep. been talking for some time and you you found the time this evening. So absolutely I really well, thanks it. thanks for putting me in. Appreciate that. No problem. <laughs> so just just before we carry on, obviously we've been talking off camera mm. about how you got into property um, and, and for so on, yeah. um, so what, what my listeners, you, you asked the question, who listens? What's the audience like? I like to aim because a lot of my Instagram and a lot of my social followers say, you know, how, how did you become an entrepreneur? Was it something that, you know, you fell into? Um, was it, did you know at school that you was going to be an entrepreneur? Um, can you learn to be an entrepreneur? What's your view of it? How did you actually become Okay. Success that you so, are today.
1: Actually, I went down a very conventional route because okay. uh, my dad was a GP, my mum had been a nurse and then a housewife. Yep. So, so there wasn't really the entrepreneurial spirit in my family, or so I thought. Okay. And and I was taught very much that you know you go to school, you get your exams, you then yeah. go to university, you get a good job, you buy a house, you know all the kind of and that's the route the I was going down. Route. Yeah, exactly. That's
0: what mums and dads do push.
1: Exactly. You down. So 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 I I don't think I was exposed that entrepreneurial environment that some people might have if their parents have their own business. Yeah. But I've always had an entrepreneurial flair. And so actually, I think some people have that flair and some okay. people don't. You can learn how to run a business, you can learn um, how to how to be a, a business person, but I think to actually have the initiative or the desire, mm. I think there's an innate... Um, Something in you. Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah That's just de- my view. Yeah, I mean really. the
0: de- desires. Um... So for example,
1: uh, so. Um, one of my hobbies when I was seven, I was given a Paul Daniels magic trick. Okay. As many people my age probably were, <laughs> and I loved it. And 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 actually, I started to learn how to do magic tricks. And um, my dad thought it was quite a good hobby to yep. have. So, and magic tricks look expensive, so he would say, every pound you save, I'll match it. And then once a year, we went up to London to a big shop called Davenport's and buy magic tricks. Okay. And I went to this um, this uh, magic shop one year and. They'd just moved to Charing Cross and they got a little studio next door and they had a little advert saying they were starting a club for young magicians. And so actually at the age of about 12 or 13, I'd I'd start joining this club. I went up there every Saturday and you learn a magic trick from a professional magician. And, And it was really interesting that Learning for the magician was great, but actually, I learnt more from the rest of the group. And in fact, it was put in my very first mastermind group without knowing it was a mastermind <laughs> group. Okay. And, and um, from that, I then actually started to do kids' parties. At and what age? at 16. Okay. And after dinner, cabaret for like the local horse riding and you, club. And, and you learned all
0: of this yeah, at so that club?
1: I learned it at that club and I was doing it already, oh, so but I, I got better because I was learning from other people. And, you know, I never used to advertise. So I, would, I, I either was very cheap or I was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I'd just do shows and things. And, and I was earning, you know, at 16, I would, I'd do like a 40 minute magic show and I would earn like 25 quid and this was back in the mid 90s when some of my friends were might start working as a news agent for the day and they'd earn 20 quid for the whole day yeah. and that's when I learned when I look back I realised I learned when you have specialist knowledge you can get paid a lot more money yeah. um, and so doing that quicker. rather than working was, was something and then you know, I went to a, a concert and I um, saw all these people selling t-shirts and posters and things and one thing I noticed, I thought, well, no one's selling whistles. I see someone on TV selling whistles at a concert. So I went up to London, found a warehouse, bought some toy whisk, uh, metal whistles, yeah, yeah. bought some of course, shrunk them blow up. Whistle. Yeah, to exactly. And, and I started going to the Radio One road shows and and, and it, you know, it's while I was still at school yeah. and just before I went to university and, and at university and I'd go and sell a whistle for a quid and it cost me 25 pounds and a nice bit of extra cash. So where,
0: where do you think that
1: desire comes from to to want to do that because... So that's what I'm saying though, I think. Yeah. Do you think that, that's in you or? I, I think the average person wouldn't even think about doing no. that. It's, it's spotting an opportunity. And, yeah. and I think a, a, an entrepreneur is a problem solver. Okay. They see what's the problem that is in society, whatever, and they solve it mm. and they get financially rewarded for that. So as a prob- as, as an entrepreneur, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to set up a business, Look at what's a problem that people have got, and how can you solve it? Yeah. Or sometimes you don't even have to have a new idea. You could look at something that's already there and say, "Well, what well, they're doing okay, but they could make it better if they did this." Yeah. And you could just do things better than other people, and then you, you'll and, take market and share and because still of that. Take the market share. Yeah, exactly.
0: Quite. And is that, obviously you moving forward from there? Do you, what, what's, what's your thoughts of you know because social media, computer games. I remember when I was I'm 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 not too old but when I was younger it used to be you come home from school and you used to play out. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. I I find now like nieces and nephews of mine is computer games. Yeah. It's not as much outdoor. No. You know if you didn't go to that club, yeah, would you have got that spark to move forward? Uh, maybe not. Maybe yeah. not. Or, is there not enough of
1: them clubs around these days? Well, you know, I think it's a, I mean it's a social thing, yeah. right? And, and Kids today, I really feel for them, actually. It's very different from when we were, yep. when we were kids. So you, know, you just get on your bike or something. And, just like play. and, and actually, because it, there is so much social media, there yeah. is, you know, I mean, you have eight year olds who've got phones and things.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't <laughs> And they up, know how to use it better than exactly. I do. Exactly,
1: <laughs> I, I didn't get a mobile phone until I was like 25, yeah. I don't think, you yeah. know, because they just weren't around. But, but it's a different place than it was then. Yeah. And I think there are some good things about that, and some not so good things. Mm. A good thing is, you know, anybody from their bedroom can set up a business very, very low cost yes. through the internet. And that's an incredible opportunity for anyone who's young anybody, or, yeah. or anyone who's, who's, who's our age and got a job and want to start earning extra income, they can yeah. absolutely do that, yeah. which really was not possible when we were there. The no. barriers to entry have come down.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: One of the bad things is I see a lot of people who are, who are kind of millennials maybe, or a bit younger, and they sometimes don't have the same social skills mm an ability to interact to deal with people because they have spent so long on the computer consoles. And you know, that they rather than you've got people in a room and they're texting each other while I'm speaking. You <laughs> think, what's, what's that about? What's the point? You know, yeah. but yeah. I think it's, and that's a shame because I believe, uh, unless it's an, all, an online business, but I think business is about relationships. Yeah. And you've got to be able to react. Now that's what, you can learn that. You can become better at speaking to people. But I, I think there's something slightly missing that that a the line lot of communications is, yeah,
0: it's not, it's not as much engaging, I don't think. No, as, I think you're right, as there should be, yeah, exactly. Um, so just, just fast forwarding, obviously, you, you run a successful um training business, yes, um, yep. coaching business yep. in, in the property sector. Um, how, how did you fall into that? Did you, did you get into property first of all, yeah, and I then did. and then use your expertise yep. from what you learned there? to then start coaching people? Yeah, I think what happened was, so
1: I, I went. I come from Kent originally, went yeah. to university in Birmingham, I did engineering with manufacturing, okay. and I went, I, I, sorry, manufacturing, with business. I wanted to do business, but I, I wasn't smart enough to get enough A-levels or the right grades to do business on yeah. its own. So by doing engineering, it was an easier course. So I kind of slid into university, yeah. and actually I did quite well at university because it's more about applying yourself rather than just regurgitating stuff. Yeah. Came out with a good degree, but I didn't have a job. But finally got a really good job at Cadbury's in Birmingham, okay. the yeah, chocolate yeah, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, as soon as I got a house as soon as I got a job, I wanted to buy a house. so I bought a house in the student area where I was living, I rented two of the rooms to my friends who were still at university, yeah. and I kind of lived for free, which by, which by the way is a, a great way for people to get on the ladder yeah, and definitely. start if they can yeah. and then and that was okay, and then a couple of years later, I bought another property a bit close to the work, and I kept the first property, so I became an it was an accident really, but I kind of thought it would be a good idea. Yeah. And I rented out this house to students and I had this real light bulb moment. And what that was that the idea to win property, you rent out a property, you got to find the right property in the right area. There's good rental demand here. Yeah. And the rent that was coming in, we take off the mortgage, the insurance, the management, the maintenance, all the costs. At the end of the month, there was some money left over for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Now you've got to pay tax when you make money of course. in any business. But the whole point was I didn't have to do any work. Whereas, at Cadbury's had to go. If I didn't show up to work, I didn't Don't get, get paid. paid. Whereas once you work once with property, you can get paid for as long as you own that property. Yep. And that was a real concept for me. So I started to buy a few more. Then in 2001, after about six years, I actually left my full time job at Cadbury's. Now I hadn't quite replaced my income, but I was earning enough to live. And I thought, you know what, if I do this full time, I might do it quicker. Yep roll on to 2003 and I'd pretty much replace my income. So I was financially independent. I didn't have to yep. do anything. I'm not the kind of person that can sit around. No. And, and I realised that, you know, I'd done it the hard way. I mean, I'd done all right, but I'd made lots of mistakes. And uh, one of my early mentors, now you like to talk about mentors yeah, and things, yeah. was Tony Robbins. Okay, yep. So in 2000, I went to a big Tony Robbins event where you walk on fire and yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. If you haven't Good done day. it, go and yeah. check out Tony Robbins. Yeah. And it completely changed my thinking. And I realised that, you know, if you want to be successful, a key lesson here to any entrepreneur is, don't think you have to do it on your own. Yeah, Getting other like-minded people around you will really help you to inspire you to move. You can learn from other people's mistakes. It can
0: be a lonely place. It can, yeah. Especially Thinking especially if tough.
1: your family don't get it. And yeah. you know, you're, especially if you're working, you're trying to set up a business and people don't understand what it's like. So get other people around, get some support yeah. basically. And I went online, and at the time I was going, just started to go to business network meetings. Okay. So I met a great solicitor, accountant, mortgage broker, state agent, anybody who could help me on my property business. It was brilliant. But I noticed one thing, Rich, you know, a lot of these professional advisors, none of them were actually investing in property. Mm. So they didn't really understand. And By that point, I had a, a eight to nine, I'd left my full-time job, and they didn't really get what I was doing. So I thought, wouldn't it be great if I could get together with like-minded people? So I went online, thought there must be some group for net- networking for investors, yeah. and there wasn't. Now, there That's are hundreds of them now, yeah. back in 2003, weren't there? So I started the very first networking. And really, it's what I said earlier, I noticed there was a, I thought there was a need. I thought, well, I would really value it. I'm yeah. sure other people would. So there wasn't one, so I thought, well, I'll start one up.
0: Well, just as you said is, you know, you, you've got yourself financially independent with an income coming in yes. from not having to doing anything. Yeah. All of these people that are specialists in the sector, solicitors, accountants, yeah. they're not investing in it. No. The reason they're not is because they don't, they don't understand. Know. They've just they got don't a job. They don't know that the opportunity is
1: there. Yeah. Now they might be very well paid in their yeah. job, but guess what, they don't turn up, so they don't get paid. Yeah, and it's correct. this, the passive income. And you could do it in a business. So um, we'll talk about one of my, my latest business, which yeah. are four years old now. It's been set up where I'm not in it. Yeah. And people think that you have to run the business. Well, I was the visionary. I came up with the idea. You put it together very early. I got a board together who are running it. So I'm not in the day-to-day of that business. Yeah. And and you know, just gives you
0: passive income. I, yeah, I
1: don't have to be around. And yeah. that's a great thing. You know, that's probably not the you could do for your very first business. No, no But of you know, but with, experience. with experience, you can build. You learn what's good and what's what, what just, doesn't just work. Just
0: touching on what we spoke about there. Um, obviously, buy-to-let. Um, is how you started. Yes. Um, your courses now you, you you train HMO moving into development once people yes. have got a good understanding. Yeah. Um, our stance and, and what I take, you know, we love in this country by to let.
1: Yeah. Bricks and mortar. Absolutely. That's, yes. that's what
0: we love. What What's your take on it with the tax changes? Yeah. Uh, just what we spoke about earlier, boilers, tenants. Yeah. It, it, it can become a headache.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's still some good opportunities out there. There's a great opportunity. But there's but other
0: opportunities. What,
1: what people sometimes fail to realise is, you don't get paid money for doing nothing. You yeah. know, there is some work to do. Now yeah. you can get your letting agents to do that. There are expenses, things go wrong. Yeah, you need to factor that in to all your costs and things. But just like anything, if you have a business, sometimes things go wrong in a normal business, right? Yeah. You've got to pay for things. And when you make money, you've got to pay tax. Right. So that kind of happens. So you're right though, um, what happened in April 2017, mm the government changed the way that they tax property investors. And it's something called clause or section 24, where what it means is if you set up a business and you have got some expenses, you you take all your your revenue, Mm -hmm. you take off all your expenses to work out what the profit is and you pay tax on the profit. And for many, many years as investors, it was always best to own in your own name if you're holding for long term. And the the interest you pay on your mortgage, you could offset against the the rental income to reduce your profit, so you pay tax on the profit. Mm. The government said, well, actually, we don't think that's fair that you can offset that cost. Now, any other business you can offset all your genuine costs, but they have changed it. And what it means is people who've owned property uh, in their own name, which most people do, and yeah. if they're a higher rate taxpayer, it means they're now paying more tax. And they phased it in over four years, so it's in, in full in 2020. Yeah. What it means, Reese, is people who've got big portfolios and making lots of money, some of them, their exit might have been, you know, at some point in the future, I'm gonna sell, I'm gonna retire and live on a big pile of money. Mm some of those people are actually now saying, you know what, I'm paying all this extra tax, I'm getting all the same hassle and work, I might sell up early. So we are seeing some landlords coming to the market wanting to retire early, which yeah. is actually an amazing opportunity. So another thing that entrepreneurs do is they always look, what's the opportunity?
0: Yeah. This, in,
1: this introduction of this tactic is a bad thing generally for investors, but also it means there are some opportunities there. And it's always looking at what's the opportunity we can go and help it. so we can help those people. And many of the people that did the training here today, yep. we shared a strategy called a purchase this option where you can control a property, you can take away the hassle from someone, take away responsibility, yep. and you buy it in a number of years. And, and if someone's got a lot of property and they sell them over a number of years, they can reduce the amount of capital gains tax to pay. So it's, you've got to have a really good understanding of finance to be able to do any business, yeah. particularly in property, I think.
0: And, and it's about, you know, to, to be good at what you do, as you said, is knowledge. It's knowledge, yeah. And for people to get that knowledge... Um, in my opinion it's tough there's so yeah. much content out there. You know it's th- always too much. Yeah, yeah, there's too much. yeah, where do you look?
1: I mean there's there's podcasts, there's yeah. videos, there's books, there's audio whatever and it's all great. And there's yeah. this great and, and it's it's brilliant there's so much information available. There wasn't when I started yeah, same investing. same as me. Yeah, However, the thing is that sometimes there's real contradictory information out there. And also, how do you know the quality and the reliability of the source? Any idiot can put a video up or a podcast or whatever, and actually, how do you know they're right? So I think think it's good to listen, but then, and and get some basic free education, but then you probably want to specialise. You want to go to someone who's done what you want to do. So people come here because, you know, in 2001, I left my job.
0: And I was able to through my property.
1: And then, and then I realised that actually, in 2003 when I set up the networking, people said, Simon, what you've done, I want to do. Can you teach me? And actually, I started teaching me. And that's, that's what I'm passionate yeah. about, teaching people. And I get paid well for it yeah. as well. So if you can do what you're passionate about, you'll probably be good at it, mm. and, and you'll get rewarded for yeah. that. And so people come to me because they say, Simon, I like the fact you've been teaching people since 2003, rather than some people, you know, the market's done really well for the last couple of years. A lot of people pop up who might have only been investing three or four years themselves and suddenly they're ticked about And, you know, if they want to do that, absolutely fine, no problem. The problem is they don't really have the depth of knowledge. And sometimes... Um, you ask them a question and, and they don't know the answer. Yeah, now, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't claim to know everything. I've been investing almost 25 years now. I don't have all the answers, yeah. but I know where I can get the information. because mm. I've got a big network I can tap into. Yeah. So if you're, gonna, if you're gonna work with someone, you're gonna get a mentor or a trainer, make sure they first of all, actually done what you want to do. Would you believe that some people teaching property haven't I mean, actually never bought a any property. property? I can believe it. Which is crazy. So, so check them out, yeah. check them out, make sure um, they've actually done what you want. Then also, They might be successful themselves, but have they actually become good at transferring that knowledge to other people? people. So you want to find out, well, who have they taught and how successful have those people been? And anyone who's teaching should have some successful, should have some track record, go online, and Just go online and Google people, and if someone's a bit of a fake, you'll find out if they're successful, you'll find out. Always do your due diligence.
0: If if any of our listeners or viewers are interested in attending one of your courses, for the information that's out there, because... You know, as you said, you've been there, you've done it. I think yeah. it speaks volumes because I know untold people that put content out. Yeah. I think if, if you've done a bit of digging, you know, are yeah. there courses? Look, re- are you really learning anything? Exactly. Everyone's got to start somewhere. Course. But no no, 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 no problem with that.
1: And, and uh, well, a tip, I think I know where you're going with that, course-wise. I mean, there are lots of people who run free courses. Yep. And, you know, that that's great because again, the show, and you know, you'll always get some value from those free cards. Co- the problem is two problems. First of all, you know, they've got to pay for, th- these These things don't come for free, right? No, you've got to pay for the hotel, for et cetera. You've got to pay for the audio, the video, et cetera. So if it's a free event, you've got to expect at some point that company's going to try and sell you some training, right. which may be great or may not be great. So yeah. you do your due diligence on it, right? And. You probably don't need to take the offer on the day. You call them up a week later, you'll probably still get it. Get so don't
0: yeah. sit on a thin <laughs> That's on a, a great, That is a great uh, bit of information there, guys, and a yeah. great bit of content to um. To always to. Yeah, yeah. You,
1: you could probably always get the offer. Now, yeah. people will make offers because we want to train people to be decisive, yeah. successful people are decisive. Yeah. If you make sit and decision. think of, If you find a brilliant property and sit and think about it too long, guess what, someone gone. else will come and buy yeah. it. So you, you do need to be quick, but always do your due diligence, yeah. right? I prefer to charge people because I want to value my time, I want to make sure they value it. We've done a lot of things for free and we do put a lot of free information out. The problem with free is you go to a free event, because you've not actually invested anything in yourself, sometimes you don't value the information, Yeah. yeah? And the other thing, when you go to a free event, there are going to be lots of other people there who, are also there for free and some are going to be good serious people and some are going to be just time wasted will never yeah. do anything at all. So by coming to a paid course What yes, room do you want to be in? What you want to be in the room where people are serious, right? right. And they've investing in themselves. And when you invest you in yourself, serious. you make yourself more investable. Yeah. If you're not prepared to invest in yourself, why would anyone ever lend you any money or want to work with you? Correct. So investor. However, what we do in our courses that and you want to check this is if you're paying for something, you want to make sure that it is right for you. Yeah. And if it isn't right, you want to have a money back guarantee. So we, we can't guarantee what someone's going to do, mm. but we can certainly guarantee the quality of the information we provide. we say, look, up to halfway through the event. So at this three day event, people got till tomorrow lunchtime after a day and yeah. a half. If it's not amazing, <laughs> not the best value ever, they say, look, something's brilliant, but it's not for me. Fine, they have all their money back. So we take, really? yeah. we take the risk away. And I would Fantastic. check, for doing training, check that they've got some sort of risk reversal yeah. to take the training away, because there are too many people who'll charge you, and then you realise actually it's not very good, Can't well, you're, you're paid it. now, so just be careful. Yeah. But there are ways to start for free, yeah. so we have- Great advice
0: there though, you know, just make sure what you're getting involved with, because Absolutely. there's so many courses out Absolutely,
1: there. there are. So if you want to get involved, we have the Property Investors Network, you can go to a website, it's pinmeeting.co.uk. There are now 50 meetings around the country. They're nice. in the evening, so it's yep. great for people who are working. Usually on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. Uh, we do every month apart from August and December. because a lot of people off on holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the whole point is there'll be a meeting close to where you live or where you work. You can go along, that's 20 pounds to come along. Yep. But we say, look, come along to the very first one for free. And the way you do that, you go to pinmeeting.co.uk, you look for the location close to you, check what the date is, click on that, scroll down. And at the payment page, we normally pay 20 pounds, if you pay with a voucher code, you yep. click on that. And if you put your details and put my surname in, which is Zuchi Z-U-T-S-H-I, yep. you can come to your first meeting for free.
0: Fantastic. So
1: come along, check it out. If it's right for you, great. Next time, come back, just pay. If it's not, it hasn't cost you yep. anything.
0: Do you do you attend every meeting still, uh, we With 50 around the country, <laughs> no. I, I've, I've got some clones yeah. to go, no. you, you so selective way. Very, way very you So, you know, I get
1: to every meeting, maybe I might speak once every two years. Yeah. Because um, sure. I don't want to spend all my time doing that. Yeah, that because sense. I've... I've got to do the stuff I want to do, and, yeah. you know. Um, but the best way to actually see me is come to some of our bigger events. Yeah. You know, okay. um, we have, I mean, this one's
0: If people want to see where you're speaking, have you got a website that they can- uh, I do, yeah, so bet, if, you, if you
1: if you go on uh, Property Investors, uh, well, pinmeeting.co.uk, that will yeah. go to Property Investors Network, and you can see when we're doing events, and all, all the events are on there, they can check them out.
0: Yeah, lovely. You know. And just while we're on that, one, I know that you've given quite a bit of advice there. Um, a, a few bombs there, as I like to call them. You know, for yeah. people that are, are looking to start out and go on courses, be very careful. What Simon's just come up with, is great. But just one piece of advice that anybody that's getting in the property market, apart from the piece of advice that you've just yeah. given, what what could you give to somebody? Um, okay. What, what would you say so what, is what you need to look out so, for? So
1: a really good piece of advice is you've got to be careful who you listen to. I'm not just talking about trainers yeah. and people who are running courses, but actually just your family, your Outside friends. Influences. Because... You know, everyone's got an opinion and that's great. We live <laughs> yeah. in a democracy. Yeah. Yeah. But you might get, you know, family members, oh, you don't want to invest in property. Well, you want to ask yourself is, do they know? Yeah. Have they got property? Are they property multimillionaire? If they are, maybe you should listen to them. Yeah. If they don't know, listen
0: to them, be polite, but make sure you don't put too much weight to what and they have, say. Have you been in that instance before with family members? Well, I can imagine yeah. that, I, I never have. So yeah, it's hard no, for me well, to say, but I can imagine it must be a tough conversation. Not,
1: not so much family, yeah. But uh, sometimes it's people at work. It's yeah, 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 a friend of mine, one of my best friends, is very cynical. Yeah, you know, I'm very much into personal development. I listen to a lot of. Uh, podcasts and yeah. audio books and things. And, and when I, he, he was actually one of my housemates, one of my first housemates, yeah, yeah. I'd listen to audio cassettes as I was then. And I'd be sitting there in the kitchen doing the washing up or making day, listening to an audio, whatever. And he'd come in and he'd say, you're a winner, you know, take the piss <laughs> out of me, right? But guess yeah. what? He's still stuck in a, he's got a very good job now. He's yeah, worked yeah. his way, he was at Cabby, he's worked his way up the corporate ladder, is somewhere else now, earns a lot of money, but yeah. he's got to go to work every day. Yeah. I don't have to, <laughs> yeah. you know. So yeah, I am a winner actually. Yeah. So, <laughs> you keep so, telling me, yeah. so you sometimes get friends who might be a bit sick. But you know what? Sometimes that's because actually they're just a little bit jealous. Yeah. And maybe they wouldn't do it themselves. And sometimes or they want to protect you. And they want to protect you, because guess what? You can lose money in property, yeah. absolutely. If you don't want what you're doing, I know people lost money, you know? They lose money so everywhere. So often they're trying to protect you. And also because they love you, they, they care for you. Mm. Um, but just be careful who you listen to, and yeah. and I also had when I wanted to buy my second house, uh, I had this money in my business bank account, and my bank manager. This is when you knew who your bank manager was. Mm. Back in ninety seven, he said, <laughs> he said, not um, anymore, not anymore, <laughs> no. He said, do you want me to send a, a financial advisor? I said, yeah, brilliant. So this guy came around. I sat down in my, in my room in my front house, and I explained that, you know, he helped me set up a pension, which I didn't have. Yep. He helped me set up some life insurance, all that stuff. He said, what do you want to do with this money? Because I wasn't spending most of my uh, my salary, and actually, while I was at campus, I had a part-time job running student nightclub events, okay. which is a really good, fun yeah. business, and I started student balls at school nice, and stuff yep. and carried it on. And... Um, he said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, actually I think I want to buy another house. I want to move a bit closer to the Cadbury's. Now he thought, I meant I was going to sell the house I was in and use that equity plus some savings to buy another with pretty much no mortgage. He said, that's a brilliant idea. He said, because you want to pay off your debt as quick as you can. Now, if you're only ever going to have one house or your own home, that's a good piece of advice. Pay your own house off as Correct. fast as you can. As property investors, we think differently from the average person. Yep. And actually we recognise equity in your home or maybe you inherit a property or your other investments. That's often how people use that money to grow and buy more property, right? So when I said, no, no, I want to keep this house that we were sitting in and I'm going to buy another one. And my mates who are renting here, they're going to come with me and I'm going to rent this to students. He looked at me and this is a smart guy, this is a wealthy guy. He said, that sounds really risky. Are you sure you want to do that? Now, because he was a smart guy and he earned a lot of money and, and he was a financial advisor, I, I actually had a sleepless night the next yeah, for, day. I thought, should,
0: am I doing the right uh, thing here?
1: Yeah, because none of my family, have, they, they've had their own homes. They've never had investment properties. And I think I got the idea because when I was a student, I went to visit one of my student landlords. He lived in a massive house in Edgebaston, which is one of the best parts of Birmingham. And I said to him, what do you do for a living? A bit cheeky as a 19 year old. And he said, well, I used to be a solicitor, they earn lots of money, but now I'm just a full-time landlord. And I didn't really know what that meant, but I think a seed went into my head. I thought, oh, maybe I should buy some houses. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to buy this house, but I, I had this doubt because this professional advisor we saying, oh, I'm not sure about that. So you might have accountants, solicitors, all smart people, but if they don't have the right knowledge, they're not the right people to listen to. Yeah. So a big tip is make sure you find people who actually know what they're talking about. And do what
0: you're looking to do.
1: Exactly, because everyone's got an opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah. Great, great piece of advice. Um, some, great, some great advice there from Simon. Simon, if you could do one thing differently in your business career, what would it be?
1: So you know what? Um, I think a problem that many entrepreneurs make is they have a great idea, they try and set up this business, um, and for too long, they're trying to do it on their own. Yeah. And we, you know, we know there are some things we're really good at, some things we're not very good Correct. at, we have other yeah. people doing yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. And rather than trying to struggle and do things, it's a big leap of faith, but taking on someone else yeah. to help you do some stuff, and it doesn't have to be full time, and now it could be a virtual assistant, and yeah. you know, the, what you pay them is a lot lower than what you pay someone in the UK mm. maybe, and it means it can take away some of the stuff that you shouldn't really be doing, but needs doing. Mm-hmm. And then you can focus on the high-value activities. You know, time is your most valuable asset. I meet people who say, "Oh, I can't invest in property because I've got no money." Actually, if you know, if you've got some time, and you learn how to find really good deals, you don't need money to invest in property because you can use that. And you know all about that yep, using yep. other people's money, Correct. right? But actually, time is a limiting resource that we don't have. But if you can buy some time back by employing someone else, and one of my mentors, uh, a guy called Brad Sugars, who set up, uh, he's a billionaire, he set up um, something called Action Coach, which is a business action coaching thing. He's got a great saying. He says, not employing someone in your business is costing you a fortune. Most people look at an employee as a cost. cost. Yeah, but actually, what he's saying is not employing that person, which means you're doing all the stuff you shouldn't be doing. Cost you even is more. actually cost you even more. Yeah. So it's a big step to make taking on other people. It is. It
0: is. Well, did you have that problem as well when you had to well, take that person? I on? did because you I, know, I, is it, you're nervous. Aren't of you? course, you are. Yeah. Am I going to have enough for
1: them to do? Yeah. <laughs> Where am I going to find the money for? You know, Correct. and the whole idea that, that what you're paying them. Freeze up time for you, so you need to be able to earn more yeah. to more than replace that person and 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 hopefully that some they might do a job that generates money for you, they might yeah. be a salesperson, whatever, but it is a real leap of faith and, and sp- certainly in property investing, when I started, I was managing properties myself, yeah for a couple of reasons first of all, I thought i didn't want to give ten percent to the letting agent plus fat yeah. I thought I could probably do a better job than letting agent, and third thing was. I'm quite a social person. I thought it'd be nice to meet and get to know my Enjoyable, tenants. Yeah. Now, let me tell you that third one, the novelty <laughs> soon wears <laughs> off right away. <laughs> but, but, you know, it didn't take a lot to manage the first few properties. Yeah. But what I noticed as I got more and more properties over the years, yeah. what actually happened, I spent more time managing the properties and I had less time actually buying the properties. And you make the money by buying the properties. Yeah. So by my big step that I really first did out was actually getting someone else to manage my properties for me. And it it was a big risk, it was a big commitment, and it's what a lot of investors struggle with, but it's what I call the landlord trap. If you've got properties and you're managing yourself, you'll end up swapping whatever you did for a job for the job of managing property. Mm. And so it's really important, I think, to make sure that you are valuing your time and get other people to help you. Mm. So would you say that you would have bought somebody on quicker? I would have done, knowing what I know now. now. See, the thing is we, we do, what we do at the time based on the knowledge and experience we Correct. have at that time. Yeah. And I'm, I, like you, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm yeah. always learning, always trying to get better and improve myself. The more I spend on myself, the better I get, the smarter I get. And, and I try not to repeat mistakes. And maybe I made loads of mistakes before. Yeah.
0: Well, you have to and make mistakes. Yeah, you you still make mistakes, mistakes today, right? Yeah, I still of course. make mistakes now. Of course. But I, I, I'm quicker to learn from them yeah. now. And ju- just going back, we were talking about opportunity. Um, and you said there's always an opportunity. It's just yes. how you see it. Um, let's talk about Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, you, you've got the you've, you've got people out there that are like, let's not invest, let's not do anything, let's sit on our hands. Yeah. And then there's other people that like, there's opportunity. Absolutely. When it happens, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at that. Yeah. Uh, how do you see it? So the thing is, um, anything like Brexit, and Brexit is a
1: pretty unique thing happening, it's probably yeah. never going to happen again, <laughs> you know, and, and certain things happen and, and you have to learn to adapt to the circumstances. Now, that, there's massive uncertainty. A lot of people, as you've said, are waiting. I'm just gonna wait to see what happens. Yeah. And you know, maybe that's a smart thing to do. Because people are waiting, it means there aren't as many buyers in the market. Yep. Guess what, there's just as many people who wanna sell. In fact, even more so, simply saying, oh, I'm not sure what's gonna happen, maybe I should sell my phones and get out. Mm. So more sellers, less buyers, what does that mean? Prices come down, yep. but that's an opportunity. And Watch. as long as you're holding for the long time. I thought about my golden rules in Property Magic. Yeah. Rule number four is hold for the long time. Yes, you can make money short time in property, but actually holding long term is where you make the real wealth. Yeah. And as long as you're holding and it makes cash for you, you can afford to hold it. doesn't matter if you buy today and six months later, it's worth a little less, as long as you're not trying to sell it. Mm. If you're holding for 20 years, it's gonna go up in value over yeah. that time because we live on an island with a limited accommodation and increasing population. Even if when the, when the, when the country finally leaves Brexit, and they pull up the drawbridge, they flood the tunnel, (laughs) and don't let anyone else back into the UK, you know, we're still gonna have an increasing population. We're still gonna need new homes. We're still gonna need new homes. And the values over time, are going. prices don't always go up, they come up, they come down, they're cyclical. But the long-term trend in the UK is up. So as long as you're thinking long-term, while there's the uncertainty, while people are not buying, I'm getting out there, my students are getting out there and making busy. Find an opportunity. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and there's opportunity out there um, all the time, and there always is. It's just how you look at how you look at things. I yeah. think. And um, well, look, it, it's been great. Some key takeaways here for our listeners. Thank you. Um, but just before we, we finish up, just a few more questions. I really want to strip it back to to when you was younger. What, yeah. What, what, what was it like growing up? What What was you know? Was it a good a good household to live in? Yeah. Um, I, I think. Did you enjoy school? So. Um, Okay, How so, was I, was,
1: so um, I come from a fairly middle-class family. Right. Uh, my dad was a GP, my mum was a nurse, and then she married him and became yeah. a house mum. And so my dad worked really hard, Yeah. you know. Uh, GP back in the 70s when I was born, 80s, worked really, really hard. They did yeah. out-of-hours visits and things. Some of this kind of, oh, we don't work weekends. They, they you don't know you as no, well.
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> and not what's the matter with you when you walk in. Exactly, <laughs> and, and I've, you know, so, so I think I had, I knew my dad worked really hard. Yeah. Uh, a mum really kind of brought me and my two older sisters up, but um, dad made time for a special time for us. So I, I count myself, I had a, a really good upbringing. Yeah. I count myself very, very fortunate. My mum and dad were married. Uh, my dad passed away a little while ago. They were married 55 years. Fantastic. And a lot of people don't have that. So yeah, I think no, I had a very stable mm-hmm. family, of all, which I think helps.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: And I appreciate it, still appreciate that. Um, Going to school, I've got very bad eyesight, uh, cool. so very short sighted. So I have to read things here, so I always have to sit at the front of the class, I've got stupid coloured hair, I've got a strange surname, so I didn't really you know, enjoy that yeah. that much, and, and I wasn't very academic I don't think, and I was kind of there because I had to be there. Yeah. But actually in, in a sixth form, I'd been conditioned, you've got to get results, so I kind of expected to, to get A-levels, my sisters have been to university, I went to a grammar school, so okay. it's a state school, but it's a very good state yeah. school. Uh, and I was an av- very average, there were lots of smart kids there, I was very yeah. average there, and I did okay, but I got a bit better in my A-levels and my social life exploded and I thought actually, university sounds quite cool, so I went to university. And I kind of just got into that, well, get a good job, get a yeah. qualification, et cetera. and that's the route I was on. Even though I had this entrepreneurial flair, mm. I didn't have anything else to stimulate and grow that, and it was only probably later on in life that I had the opportunity to really make the most of that entrepreneurial flair, and you know, Frankly, I'm probably not employable. I don't yeah. think I could work for anyone else now.
0: No. Um, it's funny, a lot of entrepreneurs say the same.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: I, don't, I don't think it's because we're hard work, it's just we've got a way of- Oh, I'm probably hard work. we <laughs> <but> have <laughs> just got a way of, of, of doing things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and before we finish the book. Yes, um, Property Magic. You know, Property Magic. Yep. If you haven't read it, it's definitely worth having to read. If, if people haven't read it, just give them a bit of insight why they should and, and what's in there. What's the so key takeaway? It, cool. for
1: some of As I said, one of my, my key things when I was uh, a kid growing up uh, was magic. Yep. And, and I made the analogy between property and magic because magic is great, it's mysterious, and actually in the last couple of years, thanks to Britain's Got Talent, it's become really popular yeah. again, and, yeah. and I don't know, uh, uh, those kind of things. Um, but the, the reason it was cool, and I brought, wrote the book first at the end of 2007, it came out 2008.
0: How long did it take to write?
1: Uh, I did it in six weeks. Okay. I've been trying to write a book for years and years and actually I was struggling and then I found a coach who helps me write their books and I'm a great believer in investing in yourself. Yeah. Got a coach and I, I banged it out and you know the first issue was okay, there were lots of mistakes. We had it yeah. professionally edited but there was always things that aren't quite right. Yeah but because the market keeps changing I keep on updating it so it's now and it's currently in, uh, recording this it's a sixth edition okay. and it talks about section 24 and what you need to do because of that etc and um, and I call it property magic because I want to make the link between the two magic is is mysterious but when you know how it's done when you know the secret it's actually very st- simple yeah. and I think it's like property it's not magic but <laughs> property can seem a really mysterious thing how the hell yeah. do you do that but when you know actually what to do it's very straightforward, it's straightforward. so that's that's the analogy yeah. And, and it's called Property Magic because the whole idea, the subtitle is how to buy property using other people's time, money, and experience. You don't need a lot of money to buy property. Mm. You don't even need a lot of time, you just gotta have the knowledge. And you yeah. gotta be able, it's, it's a people business. And what this talks about is how to find people who need to sell their property, so motivated sellers. People for whom the speed and certainty is the most important thing. So actually might be more flexible on the, tie, uh, on the price or the terms as to how to find them, and then how to structure it so you can buy the property using very little money. So how to use other people's money basically. And the the, the strategy we use have adapted over time because the market's changed. But if you haven't read it, get the sixth edition. It's available on Amazon, Kindle, or I like physical books personally. Or it's now on Audible as well. So I love to listen
0: to books as well. Um, I I I listen more than than I read. Yes. Yeah. Well, you could do it on the move, yeah. and you could do it each while you're doing other things. Own, but it's across all channels, so it's yeah, easy exactly. access, yeah. and it's it's definitely worth. Um, a re- My listeners and people that follow me will know that I go on a lot about knowledge is powerful, yep. and your network is your net worth. Um, and it just sums up today. Somebody as successful as Simon, is on our podcast, you know, talks about both knowledge in the book and networking. The first person to bring one of the largest property. Networking events to the UK. So, Simon, thanks for coming on. It's thank a you. Great pleasure having you. Reese, thanks very uh, so much thanks for inviting well. me. No, no problem. A lot. Cheers. So, for now, what I want to do is thank you for listening. Subscribe, leave a review. Look forward to speaking to you on the next podcast with some exciting guests coming our way.